Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordic podcast. At Evolution Nordic, we are committed to helping people and Nordic tech companies realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals building trust to make doing business easier. So I'm Georgia uh, from Evolution Recruitment Solutions and today I am your host. I'm joined by Simon Enstrom from uh, Verkus Borshen, who's the CTO. Um, I've got Vijora Adhikari, who's the product manager uh, slash founder at Soft Vessel. I've got Anika Anderson, who's the developing manager from, um, from Alamedia. And I've got Alan Hadjo, who's the product owner and team lead at Ubiquiti to discuss building high-performing React teams, strategies for recruitment and retention. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and what your biggest passion is currently. Simon, do you want to t- do you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hi, I'm Simon. I'm the CTO at Virkusbursa, and I would say my currently biggest sort of uh, passion is to learn a little bit more about how to keep our teams happy and uh, organize everything in a nice way. Yeah? Perfect. And uh, Vijora, introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. Um, my name is Vidura, and um, I got into software industry like um, 10 years ago. My passion is problem solving in the software industry. And um, I also coach teams, um, agile teams, and also, you know, um, share my knowledge. Yeah, learn by doing um, workshops. And um, I build software. That's what I enjoy most. Thanks. Right. <laughs> and Anika? Yes. Hi. Uh, thanks, Georgia, for having me as a guest. I'm Annika. I am Swedish. I live in the central of Stockholm. And uh, a few months back, I joined, joined Alamedia as a developer manager. And uh, Alamedia is a company that targets the female audience. So we have uh, 22 different brands in uh, print and digital. Uh, for example, we have the fashion and interior magazines L Residence and Femina. Um, my journey in the tech industry started uh, over a decade ago, and it began in the world of software testing. And uh, over the years, I have transitioned into agile focused roles and uh, leadership roles. Yeah, and what motivates me uh, at work is to see individuals grow and teams advance. And it's uh, great to be here with this crowd today, and I am eager to get our conversation started. Perfect. And last but not least, Alan, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you, Georgia. Yeah, I'm Alan Hadjo. I'm a design system engineer and project owner uh, at the internal web UI team at Ubiquiti. Um, my passion is, as my role says, uh, design and kind of how things look and feel, and recently also uh, leadership and and leading a good team uh, to productivity um, and i've recently hired a few people uh, to to the team that i'm working in and yeah i'm very eager to be here and give my insights and thoughts on how to uh, build a high performing react team perfect hi everyone this is chris bennett here and knowledge managing director here at evolution we're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So now that we've all established uh, context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. You all have a question or statement on building high-performing React teams, strategies for recruitment and retention. Um, As usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Um, and each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So let's start with Simon. Um, your question was when to hire senior or junior developers and why hire one over the other? 
What are your thoughts on that, Anika? I learned that the key lies in the groundwork of hiring. So uh, when you carefully assess your uh, project's uh, needs uh, and you consider your team's dynamics and you think about your long-term goals, short-term goals, then you will hopefully and likely arrive at the right level of uh, developer required. And I can take an example. So in case uh, of, let's say, an e-commerce project, if it involves implementing cutting-edge technologies and handling high traffic, you might want to lean towards hiring a senior developer with a proven track record in a similar project. But if the same e-commerce project has started already, uh, with great senior developers leading the way and the challenge is rather that the team is facing large workload, then you may want to consider bringing in a junior to support the team's uh, immediate needs and offload some of the workload. So to summarize, it's about finding the right balance and considering the specific context of what do you guys think. And Simon, what, what, where does this question come from? What were your thoughts behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, that the hiring decisions and overall experience in a team matters more so than only to solve a project at hand, uh, especially for product-based organizations like the one I'm currently in. Uh, In a product-based organization, we have to realize that we're going to keep our developers for hopefully five to ten years and not only one year. Uh, And there, there is a lot of, uh, currently, at least from my perspective in the industry, there's a lot of hiring the most senior you can get, which I believe is very dangerous attitude. And I think we're dismissing the values a junior team member can bring to a team. So I can mention one offhand that I always like to uh, talk to people about, which is like a junior developer is very good at highlighting issues. They will bring forward the lack in your documentation or the problems in your tech stack, whereas a senior developer is very good at solving those issues. Perfect. Um, and Alan, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with uh, what Annika said. So it kind of depends on you know the requirements of, of the project that you're hiring for. Um, for example, if it's something with, say, software architecture or some high-level decision-making, you might want to go for a senior that has kind of maybe done some mistakes in the past and then learned from them. Um, they're also pretty good at, at weighing uh, pros and cons and, and things like that. Um, but when it comes to, say, simpler tasks uh, and kind of ensuring that there's progress in the project, um, a junior might be the, the, uh, the fitting choice there. Um, and, and the advantage with juniors is also that they usually come with a lot more uh, enthusiasm and, and some willingness uh, to learn, um, meaning that you know seniors may come with, with very uh, good practices, but say, um, if, if the shift changes in the project, those practices may be a bit harder to unlearn for, for these uh, seniors. And therefore, I think juniors are a bit more formable. Um, though I do think it's, it's a great question, though I do think it's a tricky question um, because sometimes it's a bit hard to tell who's a junior and who's a senior uh, as, as these titles can be kind of self-proclaimed uh, in this niche. Uh, so you might want to undergo some kind of testing or having some heavy interview uh, just to see um, if they are a senior or a junior. That's some really good insight into it. Um, Vijora, what kind of take do you have on that, on, on the junior and, and senior developers? Um, I actually agree with uh, all three of you. Um, maybe I will give you a lot of, lot of examples uh, for what you said, maybe. So um, to start with juniors, um, I'm on the, the starting with their side. In my um, workshops mostly, I believe that our next generation actually is uh, better than us um, because they are exposed to a lot of technology before us. It's a number of experience, years of experience that we have, um, so we can put them in the right path. Um, we talk about in marketing also, we talk about this generation XYZ stuff. So uh, this, there are values that new blood can um, bring in, new thoughts. So it's, I, I see it like it depends on the product as well. Um, if the product is used by um, customers who are like young, uh, young focus, maybe young people bring a lot of value to our team, there are ideas, new um, ways of you know, thinking. Um, while the yeah, experience can uh, reduce the workload, they can do things faster. 
and uh, stuff like that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you um, an example, like um, going back to my college days um, when I was, I think, uh, in the first year of uh, the university. Um, I, I see still um, in software companies, when people move out from their seat, they just move out um, without locking their screen. Um, and um, and you, you, you do a number of things like um, force them on, uh, you know, changing passwords and, you know, encrypt devices and stuff like that. But still, you are responsible for the data, right? And um, my teacher in, I think, uh, first year, um, he gave us something like this. He was a networking teacher, actually. Um, he was a certified ethical hacker and was like a certified hacking forensic investigator. Um, he was like kind of really good. He can hack into our AD account, our email account, our Facebook account. We know that. But um, having listened to his uh, TED talk, we know that he's not going to do that. But during um, during a class, he saw that one of our friend left the laptop um, on the table uh, without locking it. He said that if you do that, I can I can change your password so you can't log in. So we all said no, you can't because you need to know my previous password, right? He said no, you don't have to because you're already locked in. And uh, at the break during the break, we all learned that it can be done and how to do that as well. So from that day on, if we left our laptop without locking it go to bathroom or somewhere we are definitely you know setting into trouble we will have to pay some bribes to our friends to get the real password so this habit locking it so i'm all alone in my home sometimes even if i want to go to the bathroom i just press the lock button and go so i think experienced people can um rather than you know like forcing password resets, forcing like encrypted devices and like you, you need to have those like some sort of setup. But experience can, people can um, make you promote you like think in different ways so that it lasts for like probably throughout your lifetime, you know why you're doing this. And the worst thing would be like sometimes our friends would, you know, take a screenshot of the um, entire desktop and put it as a wallpaper and hide all the icons and uh, we feel like nothing is working. So, um, yeah, um, if experienced people can think about, you know, adding new blood as, um, you know, a way of thinking, uh, we're finding new ways of uh, thinking and it promotes um, a change in, you know, um, attitude towards new new stuff, new technology, new ways of doing things and um, sharing their experience, putting them in the right path. Sometimes, you know, new people like uh, juniors, um, they don't know um, the value, for example, planning. Um, Senior would see planning as an investment of time um, rather than waste of time in the long run. Um, and senior would do the risk calculations. Like a lot of people would um, count the you know, positive side on the other side. Uh, they will like um, do the calculation for the downside as well. So you need you have uh, more control. So um, I think um, all in all, um, I, I, I go with I, I'm, I'm you know. Most of the time, I tend to go with uh, junior talent nowadays uh, because I used to work with senior people um, because it's easy to work with them. You don't have to tell them why, but um, it's really important that um, you have a blend of them depending on the situation and the application as well, uh, if it is a product, uh, especially, as Simon said. Um, yeah, so that's what I think about this. Um, Perfect. Um, Anika? Do you have any more thoughts on that at all? Yeah, it's uh, interesting to hear uh, uh, Bidura say he's going for juniors uh, or preferred juniors and Simon is saying that he sees companies wanting more seniors. And I'm going to agree with Simon and say I, I also see companies prefer to lean towards hiring seniors. And I just wanted to say that I believe it's good to have um, uh, developers with different uh, skill levels in one team so that junior team members can accelerate in a good pace by collaborating with their experienced senior developers. And in turn, uh, senior team members have the opportunity to further enhance uh, their leadership capabilities through mentorship and uh, coaching. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, really good insights on that one. Um, we'll head next to the um, the next question. So, Vijora, um, your question was, what is your expectation of a high-performing team? Um, Simon, um, what do you think on that? 
Sure. Yeah. So I think uh, for me, my focus is always problem solvers, not programmers. So like I don't, uh, I don't limit the value of my team to only writing code. Uh, then I could outsource it to some other country. There's some value inherently with being uh, local and being here and understanding what we're doing. Yeah? Uh, so I really think a high-performing team should be smart and independent thinkers that can like bring value in the sort of problem-solving mindset to other issues than simply programming. Like they can be in a product meeting and figure out like, hey, we have this problem X, maybe solution Y is kind of cool. Uh, and then uh, also just like, I want my teams to learn quickly. I want us to be cutting edge always. Uh, and I think a really best way to reach this is to not be afraid of failure. Let your teams fail and fail a lot and like struggle because struggle is learning. Yeah? And then you need to have a system in place to catch these issues before they go to production. So a solid, <laughs> a solid sort of tech review path, good unit testing and stuff is the way to achieve this without just burning down your entire company while trying to learn stuff. Uh, and then, I mean, always the standard sort of good code, reusable code, uh, nice documentation. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and Vidura, what what was the what was behind that that question? Where did it come from? Um, yeah, mainly it comes from um, what my customers expect. Um, you know, my customers came to me um, expecting that um, application would have them to quit um, nine to five. I actually have a lot of customers. Some customers uh, just in um, one and a half years, two years. Um, they were able to quit their nine to five and um, they're living their dream life now. And um, yeah, to do that, um, you have to we have to deliver what they expect. So delivering what they expect is like um, do what needed to be done. And uh, yes, I agree. Um, there are like four aspects that I uh, mainly look at. Um, so you need to deliver. Like sometimes you need to be um, first in the market um, if the application is um, something like that. Um, my development team should be uh, fast and uh, they should deliver um, really good, solid work. Um, and yeah, secondly, also they, they should um, deliver the solid work repeatedly. And um, something I read, I think, uh, believe in uh, also this statement. Um, I think it was, um, uh, it's a quote from uh, Aristotle. Uh, he said, um, we are what we repeatedly do. So then uh, excellence is not an act, but a habit. I believe in that. And um, so I believe people who can uh, deliver excellence um, as a habit repeatedly. Uh, so that's something uh, that I really uh, like to. And um, as Simon said, uh, great problem solvers. That's the thing that I look for uh, because a lot of teams, a lot of people build software, build thousands of features. Um, the customers, he said, oh, it's well, it's nice, so good. But uh, only a few people will actually consume it. Sometimes nobody will consume it. So you best development time. So try and um, people who can try and identify the main problem and try and um, solve it as soon as possible and uh, be the be, um, be the first to market and um, try with the customer. Um, and um, finally, fourth aspect is like a cohesive team. Um, I believe in a team that trust in in any team. I mean, like uh, in the React team or any team. Um, it's the team. Um, so if team can make autonomous uh, like decisions. And they can like help people with they like um, finding the balance and um, whether it's technical related or like um, some problem within the team. Um, if you can like help each other and you know help each other to um, um, help each other you know um, gain and um, be be great. So that's uh, that's that's the thing that I, I really look forward for. And um, I think yeah. Um, agree with uh, Simon a lot of things, the team and also like uh, problem solving aspects, those other things. Uh, in front of that, uh, what I expect is like solid work repeatedly and uh, people who actually can deliver what expected uh, by my colleagues. So those are the values uh, for those, um, that question. Um, I believe uh, the answer to that question is uh, really uh, related to what you do expect um, at your company as well. So these are the insights that I could give you uh, from um, from my work related to my work. Perfect. Um, and Alan, what what are your thoughts on on expectations of high performing teams? Yeah, I must definitely agree that uh, a problem solver is 
is what we look for and not a programmer uh, per se. You could, for example, have a 10x programmer, but maybe this programmer uh, is not a team player, for example, or uh, doesn't go out of his way to kind of get out of his comfort zone in case there is some kind of shift uh, in the project, for example, working with a new framework or something like that. Um, but I also definitely believe that a high performing team is also a team that can quickly deliver uh, high quality outputs as well as lay out their own ideas on the table and, and discuss about it with the entire team and maybe even the organization. Um, and not just that, but also kind of bringing uh, to discussions things about technical constraints and user experience that developers may know a little more about than say project managers, uh, for example. Um, so overall, I think, you know, it's not only speed, it's not only quality and not only uh, uh, problem solving, but also the depth of, of uh, contribution uh, is, is pretty important. And then of course, uh, the team dynamic and the compatibility, you know, how well do, 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 do these uh, guys, uh, they work together, how, how good is a co uh, collaboration, how do they plan things, all of those things I, I think goes into uh, high performance as well. Um, but then one thing, for example, that we have uh, Ubiquity, which is pretty mission driven. Um, sometimes there may be uh, things that shift focus. Uh, so shifting focus, uh, for example, if there's new requirements coming in or if we scrap some kind of idea, a team being able to quickly shift focus and, and focus something new is also uh, pretty high performing in my opinion. And of course, the standing back, standing back up after failures, you know, uh, there may be some, something they have done wrong or uh, the, the project they're working on is being scrapped and they may feel helpless and uh, we did all this work to nothing. But being able to stand back up from that and, and being strong together again uh, is pretty important, in my opinion, as well. Amazing answer. And Anika, what are your thoughts on it? So uh, all of you have mentioned the uh, good uh, skills and qualities that you expect of a high performing team. I could uh, continue, but uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a other direction. Um, so what is your expectation of a high performing team? This question would be a great question answered uh, collectively by a team themselves. So imagine that you gather your team for a workshop or an exercise and you together define the expectations and attributes of a high performing team. So during this collaborative process, you will create your own vision, a shared vision, and you will also during this time most likely uh, foster a sense of ownership and commitment in the team. And uh, just take the example further on. So let's say my team defines four attributes, maybe communication, technical skills, accountability, and ownership. Uh, then maybe we create a scale from zero to five, and we define what a zero is and what a five is. And then we as a team on a regular basis vote on how we think we are doing uh, on each of these attributes. And if we vote two on communication, then we discuss and uh, what we can improve and take action on. And if we vote five on something, then we discuss what it is that we're doing well. And this exercise will then get us closer to becoming a high performing team. Brilliant answer. And, and obviously some great tips there as well. Um, for everyone to kind of use in their own teams. Um, and we'll go to the next question after that. So, um, Anika, um, in a competitive job market, what innovative retention strategies have you seen or implemented to keep React developers engaged and motivated? Um, where does your question come from? Um, so, you may know uh, this quote, uh, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And this quote highlights uh, the importance of creating a work environment where developers not only exceed in their skills, but they also feel valued, supported and uh, emotionally connected. So I'm curious to hear from you guys about 
technical skill retention strategies alongside with human aspect of retention. Perfect. So um, let's go to uh, Simon. Let's kick this off. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I sort of faced this question and I really, uh, looked into how we do this. And I think how we always originate with why would someone leave anyway? Because uh, I think that's how we identify the problem. It is maybe retention is uh, more focused on how to stop people from reading. Maybe not. Uh, but I think as developers and as problem solvers in general, we always like to learn new things. We like to be challenged ourselves and we like to face a problem. So I think being able to face your developers with a meaningful problem to them and a meaningful development in their career is extremely important for attention. And if you cannot challenge your developers, maybe they shouldn't even stay on, uh, like quite frankly. Yeah? Uh, and then also ownership and pride, as Annika mentioned, even in the last question, is very important. I think you should have pride in your work and ownership of what you did. Uh, you should be very careful about scrapping someone's hard work or handing it over to someone else to completely rework without the sort of understanding or handoff or proper ceremonies, if we should call them that, yeah. Uh, and sort of you can reach this in many ways, but I think communication is always the, the main way, right? Just ask your developer, like, hey, you're currently a React developer. Do you want to keep being a React developer? Or is there anything else we can coach you into, yeah? Uh, and then culture. Culture is a big thing. Everybody wants to sort of start up, hey, we eat pizza every Friday culture. Um, which is kind of cool, yeah. But I think you need a very big company identity. I think why Google developers have a reputation for being Google developers is because Google is really cool as a company. Uh, but then if we get to sort of my, my beginning to the question is like, uh, don't be anti-retention. Don't change your policies for the worse without a reason. Uh, don't all of a sudden force a bunch of overtime because a project is close to a deadline. Uh, that's just how you make developers leave, right? Uh, and like, yeah, some stress stuff into this, right? Leading by example is a big one. If you do a lot of overtime, your developers are going to feel bad if they don't do overtime. So don't do overtime, even yourself, uh, if you can manage it. And if you can't, you should talk about it and actively tell them, like, hey, don't do as I do here. And, uh, and finally, just have fun. I mean, in general, developing is kind of fun. It's very creative. It's open thinkers. So make sure your team has fun together. You bring in good team members. If you have toxicity, make sure you deal with it. And um, yeah. Sometimes maybe retention isn't the goal. The goal should be to have a really good team at the end of the day. Just to follow up on that as well, Simon, obviously um, you said about not doing overtime, uh, don't force it. Um, what kind of strategies do you do you use to obviously complete that work on time to yeah. go, obviously to go around that? So for us, obviously it's quite easy because we're a product company with no sort of very stressful deadlines at the moment or ever. Uh, but I always also try to plan in buffer zones, as I like to call them. If you have a super tight deadline in four weeks, make sure the code is completed in three, it just should be, right? And then you have some buffer to ease into it. And then, I mean, overtime is something that is going to happen. It's not going to be unavoidable. Just make sure it's not your standard thing. I think we can see in the video games industry how bad uh, how bad it can become if you don't actually let the timelines be proper. Sort of, you can't just say two weeks, four weeks of work should be done. That's not how things work. Yeah. It should be reasonable working. Yeah. Right. And uh, Alan, what are your thoughts on, on retention strategies? Yeah, excellent question. Um, since I'm a developer myself, I know that we are very curious beings. Um, and we always like to stay up to date with new things, new technologies. Uh, we like to read the news and watch videos about things that, that come out. Uh, I mean, there's a new JavaScript framework every single day, for example. Uh, so we always like to stay up to date with these things. And what I've seen, for example, in my team, we work with design systems. Um, our developers love to research new tools that can help us increase our productivity, efficiency, as well as the quality of output. Um, and I've seen that, you know, letting these developers subscribe to these tools uh, and, and using them keeps them quite engaged, uh, also makes them empowered, valued, uh, and heard in a way. Um, they kind of feel like they're a bigger part of the entire project, that they kind of have some uh, ownership over it in a way, um, as well as kind of uh, what I've seen is giving ownership to members of the team um, of the code base, 
Um, so they would kind of own part parts of the code and, and uh, basically know exactly what what these parts of codes are all about. Uh, that, would, that also puts them in some kind of pseudo or quasi leadership role, uh, which I, I've seen keeps them very motivated uh, about their part uh, and also increases collaboration in kind of a non-traditional way. Uh, so it's it's not, uh, say, like mob programming where two or three developers would be working on the exact same problem. Instead, they are uh, cut up, the, 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 base, the code base is cut up into different parts and they have discussions about how to fix something and then they can parallelly work uh, together. So in, in that sense, it's a very efficient way of collaboration that I've seen. And yeah, I've seen that this does keep developers quite happy and uh, pretty engaged and then they feel empowered to kind of have the ownership and, and be like, you know, this project is not just what I work on every day. It's also kind of my baby in a way, you know? Uh, yeah, I've seen that works pretty well. Brilliant answer. Um, brilliant advice as well. Um, and last but not least, for Jura, what, what are your thoughts on obviously retention strategies and, and keeping uh, React developers engaged and motivated? Um, yeah, well, when I saw this question, I was kind of like uh, speechless. Uh, how do I answer this? Um, maybe um, call uh, Evolution uh, or Dulibus are running away. Um, find us some Dulibus, please. <laughs> Hurry up, Georgia. Um, <laughs> no, really, we don't have to do that. We'll try and uh, retain them. Um, I'll tell you a story. Um, I once lived in a city, a um, nice city, super nice actually. Yeah, less people in the city, like a village like something. Um, super nice um, view from the window. Um, really lovely tranquility. Um, the, the beginning was really good, but more I lived there, um, I understand that something, certain things are not right. Things are not happening. Things are not moving fast. Um, and I, I realized um, I got to make a move. Um, it's, it's, this is not my kind of thing. I mean, like I spend a lot of money on the, you know, uh, good hotels that uh, give, give me that sort of tranquility to, you know, find the escape from um, busy life. But uh, staying there forever, like for a long time, it's, it's not good for me. Um, for my kind of um, environment, it's like a, the environment that helped me help me do you know um, deliver the best would be like a fast paced one, um, crowded one, and um, it's like that. I mean, like um, looking back back at how I was raised, uh, my my um, mom and dad sent me to the city even from the kindergarten. So uh, I was raised in a um, busy city, and like I was driving, you know, sometimes an hour and a half in the in the traffic. Um, that's the environment I was I was actually you know used to live. I used to live and um, I, I could thrive on. So um, I also um, matched that experience of the same day why it happened to me. Um, and I, I matched it with a, a TV show that I watched like um, long ago. It was like um, leadership development sort of a TV show. And uh, they were given tasks um, to sell, I think, a lemonade uh, on the street. Um, people who came to you know become um, um, director or somebody in a, in a large company. Um, it was a nice show, show, and at the end, um, one team won, the other team, um, the gents and the ladies team, gents lost the game, and uh, the president of the, the company was uh, screaming out to the boys, uh, location, location, location. So I remember this um, forever now. Um, I mean, like, um, you can get good people, right, and hire people uh, who are brilliant, but are you locating them at the right place? I'm not just talking about the physical physical um, setup are you giving them the right place in the workspace as well so i'm digging deep and deeper into this location concept so i'm i'm i'm, um, I'm like um, um I'm, I'm a huge advocate of this one now um, where you find people and locate them at the right place that they would thrive and they would like give the absolute best to your uh, your company and um helping them to you know ourselves fast um so um this location concept uh, stuck with me like forever now. And um, um, I also believe in like, uh, let the team. Um, I think um, with Alan, I mean, mentioned that uh, let the team decide um, what 
uh, what makes them a high-performing team, uh, for example, relating to um, Anna's um, previous answer. Um, if I hire a team and tell them, you are a high-performing team now, and define who you are, you give it uh, to, to themselves, right? So then uh, they would definitely come up with a plan, right? A definition, right? That's the plan that they built, so they will live up to it. So, and, and as Alan said, um, so there are, there are, there are aspects that we, we love about coding. If it's coding, there are aspects that we love that, uh, there are things that, um, we build. So, um, keep them engaged, building them, building the, that sort of things. And, um, I, I have another experience, like, uh, one, one large company in, in the West region, um, the company, they have a problem in the, they still have a thing with their, um, setup, but they're, they're doing really well, their process. Um, when I read the um, problem, problem is perfectly defined. And as you read the problem, you will definitely understand uh, the solution is like, um, you will guess like this. Um, solution is either lean agile or scaled agile. But when they try to introduce this agile process to them, they're not a software company, but software solutions and solutions in software company would work there. They try to implement, they try to introduce, they reject, the people reject. Do I have to learn something again? Why, why do we need to adapt? We are doing really good. Why do we need to learn another thing? So they, they didn't, uh, they rejected that. So, um, why not give people a chance? Like, um, in my training, so what I do is like, uh, give enough details, not more than that, just enough details and let them fail. Then they will come back to you with questions. They want it, right? They will run the system. Um, and, um, yeah, give enough, enough room for them to, um, fail and, you know, learn and build a system themselves. So that's the system that they build. They found that what works for them. So um, they will live uh, with the system. Um, one more thought is that um, um, you have to, you know, keep an eye on the individuals as well. I believe in working eight to five or eight, eight hours a day and get good enough, uh, you know, rest. And it's really important. But for me personally, um, I feel um, one or two odd days um, when I, you know, work until midnight. Maybe coding until midnight, um, even for past. Um, I, I know it's not good. It's bad habit, um, physically, but mental health is also health, right? For me, it's, um, it's entertaining. It's good health and it's also, you know, getting some hours done. So I, I know I purposefully do that. I balance on the next day. Um, if there are people like, if I like that, I can't force, um, that thing on everybody in the team, right? But if there's a person who, you know, enjoy, um, that way, uh, you have to find out what they really like, right? But if I do that, I actually definitely balance on the next day because I purposefully do that and purposefully balance that. Um, although if, if my daughter would like, um, kick me and wake me up at 5.30 uh, next morning, I would be able to, you know, get a good, you know, uh, compensation for my, you know, hard, hard work previous day, but I will be really thrilled, happy next day. So find out what people really, um, are good at the other will thrive um which kind of roles i mean like um yeah it is important to have the compensation and these you know um fun activities and stuff like that i believe in them but i believe in you know um putting people at the right location and um letting them fail fail fast and build a system on their own and then run the system that they built um yeah those are my thoughts Perfect. Um, very good uh, detail answer. I didn't know where you were going with it to begin with, uh, Vajura, but we got there and it was uh, very, very, very interesting. Um, Anika? No, I just wanted to say uh, thanks. And uh, I've written down some, your answers to take uh, back to my uh, to my daily work. So it, there was a lot of uh, don't do's from Simon. Uh, have fun and the lead by example. Alan said uh, curiosity is uh, like the core of uh, developers and uh, they like to own things. And then uh, Vidura, uh, the location, location, location. Thanks. Amazing. Um, and last, last but, but not least, obviously, Alan, we're not missing you out. Um, your question was, how do you best ensure that a new hire increases the overall talent level in the office? What are your thoughts behind this question and where did that come from? Yeah, um, this is a question we ask ourselves a lot at Ubiquiti when we want to hire new people. Uh, obviously, it's a very broad question and there's many answers to this. Um, and there's 
many aspects, of course, as well. There's the cultural aspect, uh, there's a technical aspect, the knowledge aspect. There's so many things to say here, uh, but overall, what can increase the talent level in the office is really the people, right? The, the talent that we that we bring in, um, and how they behave, how they talk to their uh, to the other members of the organization, how they work, how they plan things. It's all really uh, all in one core of, of, of the question, and we have seen that, uh, for example. Uh, bringing in people that we can see uh, may increase the talent level also encourages everyone else around the office uh, to do the same, uh, to to also uh, ask them questions and, uh, you know, increase their workflow, kind of see how they do things and then maybe, oh, I can do something like this as well. And therefore, we see that the, the talent level keeps increasing more and more and more. And I think this is a very advantageous question to ask yourself when you're hiring new people. Um, there's a quote. Uh, I don't know if I'm quoting this perfectly or if I am not, and I'm not sure who this quote comes from, but um, who is smarter, uh, the wise man or the person who asks the wise man the questions? You know. Uh, so I wanna hear your guys' thoughts. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, uh, let's go with Anika. Okay. <clears throat> I believe that skills can be acquired, but the right mindset is priceless. So when hiring engineers, I find that the growth mindset is the foundation for uh, limitless potential. So in a past experience, I held the interviews with the senior developers for a role at a previous company. And during the interview, I asked a question to both of the remaining uh, candidates. Tell me about the mistake you have made in your career. And the responses I received were very different. The first candidate hesitated and replied something like, um, well, I can't really think of one. And in contrast to the second candidate, uh, he said with a slight embarrassment, but also with confidence, I have made many mistakes. Let me share one with you. And I find that the second developer possessed a much more mature and growth-oriented mindset. His willingness to acknowledge past mistakes and openly discuss them helps me learn from his experience and uh, continuously improves. And a candidate like this, uh, I think uh, this makes him a promising asset to any team. Brilliant. Um, Vajora, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I can't agree more with um, Anna. Um, if, if one person actually um, changes the whole attitude, actually um, they bring um, the whole you know um, level of attitude of the whole team. Um, that's something that um, we need to think about. Yeah, it's, I, I, I enjoy this question. This is the million dollar question. I, I really love this question from <laughs> Anna. So this is the question that um, we need to answer, like even before um, Posting how job adverts, right? Um, yeah, uh, like for example, let's let's say even a junior developer. Um, like for example, uh, they bring new talent. Like um, I, I trained once trained uh, people, um, junior devs, um, starting with basic stuff, um, Kanban, uh, Scrum, and all sort of stuff at a certain level. When they are ready, I I trained them to you know do epic planning as well, um, which is something maybe you do at a you know large scale product level or something like that. Um, if a junior developer brings that sort of something um, into your uh, team, um, let's say there are companies, uh, maybe you're large enough, but you're not doing that sort of planning, that sort of like maybe PI planning or detail planning, stuff like that. Um, if somebody brings something like that, um, the others, others, if the others are they are they willing to learn? Are they like let's say seniors? Are they willing to do their research and learn whether this is um, this is valuable for us? and learn by themselves and maybe like they don't know how to like the juniors would know the concept but they don't know the implementation details but senior would be really um easily like they will really easily find out how to implement it uh, in, a, in a manner that it, it produce results to um, our organization um it's also important to assess the current um current setup current um, team members 
uh, what are they willing to learn? Are they willing to learn? What are, how they are willing to learn? And um, if we add this sort of a person into this team, um, how quickly they will learn? It's also like something that I um, thought about um, when you are like increasing um, the total talent level of the of the team um, by adding a new hire. Um, I was also thinking like if we have a high performing the standard team, this is our A team in our, our company. How can this? This is a sub question within your question, Alan. Like how can that team team increase the overall um, level of you know um, productivity or the um, you know efficiency of other teams? Are we going to just um, you know ask others to you know uh, mimic them or, or find a way to you know uh, apply those what they do those traits? That they have um, to make them productive um, in an authentic way that um, that is authentic to them. Um, like yeah, in a team. And most of the time we have a team. Um, we you know this is the team that we are like go go, go to a team for this kind of something. But there are people like uh, who are like good at process as well. Um, they bring value in the long term. Um, how can that sort of a team also increase the talent level of the entire organization as a whole? Um, those are my thoughts. Um, many thoughts for this question. Uh, lovely question. Maybe this is not a million dollar question. Maybe this is a billion dollar question. If we talk about it, we can talk about it um, all day, I think. Yeah. And brilliant. And um, what are your thoughts, Simon? You've kind of got two questions there. So obviously, how, how do you best ensure that a new hire increases the overall talent level in the office? But how do other teams also affect other teams within a business too? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, if we begin with the first question, I think you have to nurture talent. Uh, you can quite easily hire someone to be the, the guy in the company. Let's say the infrastructure guy. Uh, but what happens if the infrastructure guy gets hit by a bus, also known as bus factor, right? You need to spread the knowledge in the company. You cannot have key people. There's, there's nobody who can own something forever, right? Uh, knowledge has to spread and talent has to spread in the same way. Uh, I do believe in reorganizing your teams quite often. Uh, uh, it is a large software company in Sweden who uh, does this quite often, which is basically prepare for storming, right? So storming is the concept when you hire somebody new into a team, the pro uh, overall proficiency goes down quite a lot, yeah? Uh, but if you do that often, you become good at handling storming. Therefore, you should reorganize your teams often to be extremely good at it because you're always going to need to hire people or people are going to leave and there's always going to be storming. So why not be extremely good at it? And a very good pro uh, of this is that you spread knowledge on the team. So you don't create conflict between the teams and you also spread the talent around a lot because everybody's going to get exposure to everybody. Uh, and then basically when you hire somebody who is really good at what they do and has this talent, you so crucially need uh, Pair programming. I mean, come on, that's amazing. Everybody loves it. It's super good onboarding as well uh, because you get to sit down with everybody in your team for hours at end and just talk about stuff while being efficient and while spreading knowledge. Uh, and then I think you should quite often, as a leader, reflect about the knowledge and learnings in your team and highlight the progress people make because usually people learn things and then not reflect like, hey, three months ago, I had no idea what I was doing, but now I do. They just keep going and never sort of look back to feel that joy of learning, right? I mean, programs might be better than this than other roles in general, but I think still we can highlight it more. And then, like I said to my previous question, just have some fun. I think that's, uh, talent is fun, right? Anika? Yes, uh, this uh, reorganization or storming, I, I didn't know this is a strategy that companies use uh, to, to share knowledge. Uh, it's interesting to hear how often uh, is recommended. Uh, Simon, do you have some more uh, insight to this? Absolutely. I can offline, I can send you an article which mentions a specific company <laughs> that sort of outlined this, but I don't want to name drop them here because I don't have permission. <laughs> but uh, let's say you do it on a project basis. So let's say you finish a project every three months. You should also reorganize every three months. Something around mm -hmm. this level. Yeah. Do and you in the do beginning, that? it's going to be hard. Yes, we do. Uh, but we're also growing extremely quickly now, so it's going to be more of it in the future. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, does any, has anyone ever faced any challenges um, in terms of hiring someone and and having to deal with the talent level going down in the office and and how how have you overcome that before? 
I did help. <laughs> I think I'm not the only one, maybe. And, yeah, and how, how did how did you overcome that? Um, that sort of situation is difficult to overcome. It, it takes time. Um, we learn from them. Um, it's 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 knowledge actually. It's learning. Um, so first, because we we, we understand um, that we we did something wrong, but uh, at the same time, like we have to give people opportunity as well. Um, everybody face it's not you just um, have that problem. So you just um, find out all the common answers. And if there are no common answers, sometimes uh, we create systems as well. So um, like for example, some people, uh, my my friends um, like who I, like uh, leaders lead. People in the industry used to complain like uh, next gen is not really good up to their mark. But I believe the other side, um, I, I created um, um, some workshops and stuff like that uh, to you know um, bring the talent uh, with the bar, and um, it did work uh, better than I expected. So it's like playing our part. Um, I, I think so. So um, give away. There are times that we we sort of like have to give uh, knowledge away. Um, what we learned um, is the nice way of you know giving back. We did some you know free um, trainings for um, like undergrads and you know uh, people who are like um, you know next generation or like um, sort of eager to you know join the industry. Um, what they think and how things actually are from the little um, from the textbooks, and um, you know it's a long term um, fixing, a long term investment. Um, it did work well for them and uh, as well as us and uh, for other companies as well people who had those people um it's like that um so sometimes i, I prefer to you know think about a long-term fix uh, rather than you know short-term ones uh, for those kind of things because it's really repeatable so um it's a good learning nice learning curve so but you shouldn't be conservative with your um you know um hiring um, the strategy, I mean, like, uh, yeah, you should hire people, give opportunities, people give chances, like um, people who think differently. Um, but at the time, um, you need to calculate, uh, as someone said, um, the other side as well. So um, think about um, that as well. So, yeah, that's how we dealt with the self, uh, situation. So, yeah, obviously, just before we end the podcast, I'd really like to say thank you so much um, to all of our guests. Um, for sharing their thoughts. So obviously we've had um, Simon Enstrom, the CTO of Verkus Portion. We've had Vidura Adhikari, the product manager and uh, founder from SoftVessel. We've had Anika Anderson, who's the developer manager at Alamedia. And we've had Alan Hajo, uh, the tech lead from Ubiquiti. Um, if you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution, or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast you can drop me a message too. I am Georgia Benton and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at georgia.benton at evolution-nordics.com or visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash Nordics. Thanks again to all of our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.